With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. All right. Hello and welcome to the 3 Take. We're coming to you seemingly from the future. We've already recorded the episode. You're about to get into that. But mm-hmm, mm-hmm. as expected and as addressed at the start of the show that we, again, previously recorded, there was a signing minutes after we ended the call. Yeah, you had to know it. We knew you it. You knew it was coming. Yeah. But like I, t- like I told Nate, he, I, was, I was working on editing the episode, and he said, oh boy, did you see that deal? And within seconds, I get the update. Trade Turner to the Phillies, and I said, well, we can't wait a whole week to talk about this. <laughs> so as as you would have it, the dedication, the dedication's there. We're running it, we're running it back here, giving you a little bonus segment before we get into the actual show. Nate, any thoughts? Really hot off the press here on uh this trade trade of the Phillies. <sighs> Dude, you, did, just, you said it was coming. You said it was coming. You saw this coming. Yeah, you, you had to know it. You knew that the Phillies were going to get one of these big shortstops. The reunion of Bryce Harper and Trey Turner made a lot of sense. Need the it. East, the East Coast desire that that Trey had as well made sense. Uh, and overall, with the deal. I mean, the AAV is at 27 and change per year. Manageable. That's really manageable. Like, you could say that's manageable now. You go five, six years down the road, we're looking at probably a good chunk of players making 40-plus mil a year. That's just the way it's trending. So to get this type of player at 27 per year, full no-trade clause, this is your guy. This is your guy, and... Him and Bryce Harper in the middle of the lineup together hanging out. You put them one, two, you put them two, three, doesn't matter. I love it. I love it. Dave Dombrowski just at it again. I'm I'm telling you, man. I'm telling Ring you. Ring the bell. And look, look, I you'll you'll hear in the episode again, it's already outdated, but we'll we'll get into it a little bit about Trey later on in the episode. And I I once again doubled down on my take about Trey going to the O's and <laughs> who knows? It could still happen. He could back out of this thing and say, you know what, the O's is just a better fit for me. Fails is physical. Closer to home. Yeah, the physical yeah. that that stuff happens all the time, it mm-hmm. seems like. It, yeah. it, it, anything could happen. I mean, think about it. Last year, we had Max Scherzer going to the Padres. 
Am I right? Yeah. Or am I right? It's a good point. And then he ended up playing for LA. So like it, anything can happen. My take could still could still come through. Uh, but no, this is a great this is a great move for the Phillies. You you lock down your guy, and something that we talk about, and I think we even talked about it during this episode, is having the middle of the field covered, having mm-hmm. having your guys in the middle of the field, and that includes shortstop, and having a guy like Trey Turner, uh, I think is fantastic for the Phillies, and it eliminates a lot of question marks for them in that regard. Yeah. Um, and now they can focus on on plugging some other holes, but I think this move absolutely puts them in a great position to kind of replicate what they were able to do this past season especially if you again like we talked about if you can tread water while Bryce is out and I think this is a great start I think they'll be just fine it's a tough division we know that but I think they'll be just fine especially with this move and if they can add some some other pieces as well yeah yeah and kind of think it back of what I just said about like one two in the lineup two three uh, it, it makes things interesting for Kyle Schwarber, you know, like it, not a prototypical leadoff guy, but he's done well in that position. Do the Phillies look at him and say, keep doing what you're doing? Or the, do they look at him and say, finally, we can scoot you down in the order a little bit and have guys on base for all those home runs. I think you got to look at the what's on paper and just say, you can't. I, I don't think you can outsmart uh, the situation here. I, it's you it's can't Trey keep- Turner. You can't right? get cute with that. Yeah, Trey Turner's a leadoff guy. I'm saying, well, no, I'm saying from leave it Kyle Schwarber's perspective. Like you got to look at what what that guy does, and you yeah. look at the look at when, what happens when he gets moved around and gets toyed with a little bit in terms of the the lineup spot. I yeah, I don't know. I personally, I would like Kyle Schwarber one, go Trey Turner two, whoever you want it. I don't know if they're adding anybody. I doubt they add a third spot in the lineup caliber bat at this point but yeah you you figure fill that with whoever you want and then go go harper four when again this is all when harper's healthy and you you got mm-hmm. everybody at full strength but yeah i don't know man I, I love the athleticism he brings on the base paths uh i mean i don't know about his defensive metrics from last year i i feel like i read somewhere that they were down slightly last year yeah not um, not terribly great yeah, but I, it's neither here nor there. I, I think he's he's more than good enough to hold that down. Um, he's proven that he can play second base as well. So if you're thinking like down the road in this contract, nothing wrong with him sliding over to a different position, which is good. Um, I, I think currently playing shortstop, it, it, you know, Alec Bohm has already made those strides to be a lot better defensively. I think getting a solid shortstop that you just, the relationship's going to be there, right? You're going to build that, right? So it's like that cornerstone piece and Trey Turner's here. Now I know, hey, we're going to talk every day. What balls are you going to get? What do you want me to get to? And that stuff's just going to get more and more comfortable, which in in turn is going to help Alec Bohm even more. So this is a win across the board. Uh, I'm I'm happy for for Trey Turner. I'm happy for the Phillies. I'm happy for Phillies fans. This just seems like the perfect fit. It makes the most sense. And did we already mention? Uh, you may have already mentioned it. Full uh, full no trade. No trade. Yeah, yeah. I I love that man. Like, yeah. I know I know hindsight can can prove otherwise, but 
because based on how how the contract pans out over time but going into something like that i love it Mm -hmm. you're like okay like with what harper did in that very city with that very team it's like you know what i'm here for the ups i'm here for the downs i'm yeah i'm here to stay and being able to reunite those guys and have two guys with that mindset on the same team going after the same thing i'm all about it yeah all about yeah And it and with the AAV, I mean this. I was kind of looking at their salaries of what they were looking at for twenty twenty three. I think they were at like one sixty eight before signing on Trey Turner. So add twenty seven to that. There's still room for a few more moves. I think there's room for them to kind of fill in the cracks a little bit. I don't know if it's going to be a big name, but they definitely you know still have room to maneuver. So I don't think the Phillies are done, which is which is even crazier. But that lineup, man, oof, fully healthy, oof, yes, sir. It's got to be one of the best in baseball, fully gotta healthy. Be. Like, it, it just has to be. Yeah. I, I don't think you can really dispute that. And if, if you yeah. want to dispute that, we can dispute that. Yeah. I don't know if you'd want to waste your time doing that. I, don't uh, know. I see. It, I, going back to the lineup thing, I, I'd see Schwarber dropping down. It just it makes sense. You gotta you gotta spread those righties out a lot, right? You, you have you got Hoskins, you got JT, you got Castellanos. I'd love to get a lefty in between those guys. Yeah, no, you're right. And the more I think about it, like take advantage of these these years of of uh, Trey Speed while he still has it, because he that that won't be there forever. Yeah. So, wow. Do you want some some more breaking news? It's kind of oh not, my not as big of goodness. a deal. It should be a, a big deal. It should be uh, terrible news for somebody like yourself. I don't know how to initial reactions. I don't know how to feel. Let's let's pump the brakes on that for just a sec. Finish out Trey here. <laughs> uh, I like I was saying. I think I think it's safe to say it's not a hot take by any stretch to say that Trey Turner's game really in all facets relies heavily on his speed. Mm -hmm. Offensively, he relies on his speed Mm -hmm. on the base pass, obviously relies on his speed defensively, regardless how you feel about his fielding, that plays a factor into his Mm -hmm. ability to field a baseball and in his range and overall just defensive ability. I'm I'm curious how I don't want to say how quickly that that goes away but I'm sure. just wondering like at what point are we going to see the peak of Trey Turner and at what point are we just going to see uh middle of the ro- I I don't want to say he's middle of the road but like if you take away his speed that's t- you're taking away a lot Mhm and that that's going to come with age and I don't know. I don't see it deteriorating too much. It's just, you look at like his build, you know, I, I just, yeah. I don't, I don't see it lacking too much. And I'm not saying that will happen. I'm just saying yeah. if, if it gets to that point, I mean, unfortunately, that's what's cool, I think, though. like he's proven he can play second base. True. Right. True. And, and at that point, whatever is happening in that, in the market at that point, whoever is running the GMs, uh, whoever's running the the Phillies from the GM standpoint, um, and and whatever it's looking like, you know, financially, there's no reason why you can't slide him over. And that's what's I think pretty solid about this contract is that yeah, 300 mil is a ton of money, but overall, 27 and change per year 
is going to look like pretty much middle of the road here in five or six years. I think this is a smart deal. Yeah. 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 Because I think in this, in the scenario in which his speed maybe does decline, you're looking at that going, okay, well, we're not on the hook for as much for a right. guy that has, has slipped a little bit. Again, exactly. not saying that it's going to happen. I'm not wishing that on him. I love Trey Turner. He, in my opinion, still one of the more underrated players in the game today. Mm-hmm. Um, again, just based on what he brings to the table, but you have to, you have to be cautious there and recognizing that things could change with that, but time will tell all that to say though, great move for the Phillies lock down a guy and eliminated one potential landing spot for, <laughs> for your boy here, Xander Bogarts. So yeah, praise the baseball gods for that. Um, other Is breaking anyone, news. Uh, anyone on the Phillies wearing number seven? Just curious. No, Castellanos was eight. Uh, no, unless it was like a manager. I don't think there was a seven. All right, cool. Or a, not Easy a manager, transition. but a, a coach. Um, yeah, because he was six in LA, right? Yeah, which but just... sevens. Yeah, that, that didn't. That wasn't him. None of it was him. No, none of it. Um, other breaking news. Again, hot off the press. <sighs> Episode three twenty seven. Hot off the. Maybe press. we should just record all day. Let's let's just record all day. Let's. It'll be a marathon episode. We'll just keep yeah. keep the keep the recorder running, and yeah. we'll see how it goes. Uh, Brian Cashman, actually, no, I'll let you share the news. Four year extension, signed through twenty twenty six with the Yankees. How much pain does that bring you? It's mixed emotions because I I do trust the guy. Like I do trust that he's able to make things happen, but it's almost like he's just stubborn to a fault. I think he's mismanaged prospects along the way, which really bugs me. Um, I think the the spending money and signing you know free agents, it's that's more of an ownership standpoint of what they're willing to spend. I I see the smart moves that Cashman makes, but like uh, the 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 most recent taste in my mouth is is IKF and Josh Donaldson, and both are openly being shopped right now. So I don't know if this again is just a part of this judge come back because we're gonna be consistent. We're gonna do this together. GM isn't going anywhere manager seemingly isn't going anywhere and you're going to help build what you want here so maybe that is a part of it and what are they bringing are they bringing booney back for one year i can't remember i thought it was i thought it was two was it but uh, i could be wrong i thought it was two i don't remember i just saw the headline bringing yankees are bringing boone back and i think i just immediately went to text you i don't even remember what the year was I I think they just picked up his option. Oh, okay. Yeah, no. I he there was nothing in play. Cuz he was already a 3-year extension back just in 2021. They take him take him through 2024. So they just weren't yeah. letting him go. That's all. So yeah, I I again, I think this is more about just creating some type of consistency with the organization 
Look, Cashman's done a lot of amazing things, but I'm just, uh, I'm waiting to see what he's capable of with the rest of this stuff and how he's going to manage these, these prospects. I think that's the biggest thing. But when you go out, when you go and look around out there, it's like, you know, who's available. If you move on, what other GM is going to do? This type of job is comfortable with this market. You know what I mean? So, uh, I think it just makes sense for, for him to come back. It just, you got to do a little bit more to restructure everyone's opinions about you right now. At this particular moment in time, and it, it could be changing by the second here, but the tweet that the Yankees put out announcing this extension has more replies than it does retweets. Yeah. You love that. Yep. You love yeah. that. Things Things are... Business is booming in the Bronx, as they yeah, say. Yankee, Yankee Twitter is a dangerous place. It's a real dangerous place. People lose their lives in there. Love that. How about it? Well, so do we just keep this thing going, or should we, should we rate, bag it? Something's coming soon, I'm sure. Should we bag it? I'm, I uh, bet you another shortstop goes tonight i bet you uh yeah i uh also just tally up another correct free agency prediction for your boy yeah Yeah. nate gets into that later in the episode again Uh, if you're still unclear as to what's going on right now we recorded our episode already like you're about to hear that (laughs) this is a bonus this is a little bonus edition that we had to go back and record because within minutes of us ending the episode this Trey Turner news drop, so he said, "Well, let's- which which is odd because obviously Dave Dombrowski listens to the podcast. I, I of course think, I think he was probably just in a bit of a rush this Monday morning and uh, needed to get stuff done, and he couldn't wait on us. So I respect it. I understand it. Hey, gotta do what you gotta do. I'm happy. I'm happy. Wheeling for and dealing. I'm happy for Trey D. Turner. This just seems." It just makes sense. LA never made sense. Now the counter move is Carlos Correa going to the Dodgers. I think it's just yeah. it's basically all but done, right? Yeah, and then just yeah. bring Xander, bring Xander home, and everything's good. Dansby, I, it, I don't care where you go, figure it out. But you're not coming. You're not coming to Boston. I know that much. Uh, so yeah, that that about does it for this little bonus segment here. Uh, you are, at, if I recall, I think I started the episode by saying hot off the press for Justin <laughs> Verlander. That, of course, is outdated now. The Trey Turner's truly hot off the press. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're, I think, a couple hours out now from the JV news. But that was, at the moment, when we started recording the episode, that was what had just happened. Yeah. So there's been a lot of moving parts today. Hopefully we covered all the bases for you guys. Uh, if something else happens in the next few minutes, don't count on a third segment no, to this particular episode. We'll see you guys next week. Uh, but other than that, Nate, unless you got anything else for the people. Negative. Enjoy. Enjoy the episode. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 3 where we talk all things Major League Baseball. Here's Kyle Corwin and Nate Reyes. It all starts 
right now. Welcome back to the 3 Take presented by Big League Chew. This is episode 327. I'll be your host, Kyle Corden. I'm here with my co-host, Nate Reyes. Nate. Good day, good people, good month of December. How weird is that to say? How weird is it that you're going to have to start to write 2023 in less than a month? I blinked and we're already what, like three weeks from Christmas? Do you have any Christmas shopping done? Absolutely not. Zero. Do you have have any of it planned out or thought of in any way? No, I don't. Me neither. Me neither. When's it time to hit the panic button? Asking for a friend. That friend is me. I've pushed the envelope before. I've pushed it to the 23rd before. That's all I'm going to say. I've been there. I won't say for who, but I was getting uh, Christmas presents for a particular individual uh, on the 24th, the night of. Whoa. Right right before the store closed. I wow. Was, I, was, I was panicking, so. You won't say who, huh? I don't want to do that again. Does it rhyme with Tom? I can't <laughs> confirm or deny or I can't Brad. confirm or deny. <laughs> no, I, I won't answer that. I won't answer that. Uh, but like uh, look, we made we made a deal with the baseball gods. We said, give mm. us a couple big signings, and that's it. We may. I, I guess the downside of that is we'll probably we'll probably miss out on one or two immediately after we end this call, which is fine. But we made it to a point. In the offseason where we had a couple big signings that we can talk about. One of which happened just moments before we hit the record button. So Love that. Love hot off that. the press. Hot off the press. Uh Justin Verlander. We'll just we'll just dive right into it. Two year eighty six million dollar deal with the New York Mets. Get that bag. Get that bag, old man. I told you this would happen. I didn't say it would be with the Mets specifically, but I told you he wanted to he wanted to forego the option because he knew he was worth far more than what twenty five million dollars he was going to get from Houston. Yeah. And what does this come out to, Nate? What is the math? Tell me what the math is. Uh, forty. Carry the one. Forty three a year. Right. So yeah. Is that- that do does that uh, does that check out? That checks out, and right. uh, safe to say the forty three year is more than twenty five a year. I I've um, from my calculations, yeah, I would say yes. yes. So two year eighty six million dollar deal with the Mets, vesting option for the third season. Look, the people that are are, are coming at this deal, coming at the Mets for letting Degrom walk, which we'll get into in just a minute. And following up that move with the signing of Justin Verlander, people coming at his age. Are we forgetting that this man just won the American League Cy Young? Dude, we already talked about this. My guy has a new elbow. My guy has a new elbow. Justin Verlander is not your typical 40-year-old. No. Not in the normal average Joe sense. Not in the baseball sense. He's different. So a 40-year-old Justin Verlander is going to be different than a 40-year-old Joe Blow Mm -hmm. who were to sign the same deal. 
But that Joe Blow is not Joe Blow is not getting that same deal because he's not Justin Verlander. Mm -hmm. Justin Verlander can command this kind of money at this age because he's Justin Verlander and he has the resume to back it up and Mm -hmm. he has a new elbow. Mm -hmm. Let me ask you this because we we haven't necessarily disagreed on this. You've admitted that you see the value. How much does having an old school manager entice some of these old school pitchers, specifically starting pitchers that are horses that, you know, want that. And, and this is talking about coming from, Come from old Dusty Baker, right? And when he was in Detroit, he had Jim Leland, right? And now we're talking about Buck Showalter in New York. Say what you will about the old school mentality, but I think it aligns with some of these guys that feel that they still have some juice in the tank. Clearly he does coming off of Cy Young. I I feel like that had to be a part of the equation there. Yeah. I mean, I I would think a guy like Justin Verlander, regardless would be able to command and demand whatever really was that he wanted for a workload. And a guy like Verlander is going to want to give you as many innings as he can. So I don't, I agree with you. I, I think that, that that probably played a factor just to eliminate really any potential for friction in that mm-hmm. regard. But mm-hmm. I think even if he would have went to a team that didn't have somebody like Buck Showalter, he still would be the one calling the shots because it's Justin Verlander. And if the manager goes out and says, look, the I numbers understand. say we got to play, he'd say, well, you can turn back around and go shove those numbers yeah, where the sun I'm, don't shine. The only thing I'm saying is that like, if you look at the other potential landing spots, and not uh, not you know saying how legitimate those landing spots were as as possibilities, but Yankees and Dodgers, Aaron Boone, Dave Roberts, guys that have absolutely at the biggest stage shown that they've mishandled. Starting fallen, pitching decisions. Fallen victim to the analytics, for sure. For sure. So I think that had to play a, a bigger role. I think that had to play a pretty big role. And obviously his relationship with Scherzer, right? I mean, that that had to be a part of that as well. I think it had to be. But you got two, two old heads fronting that, that rotation now that just won't die. They just won't die. I think one of the things for me, and we just talked about it before we hopped on, is you bring in another element, another figure that's going to establish even further a no nonsense culture in that clubhouse. They, they did, they they started it off well by bringing in Buck. We've already talked about that, and I mm-hmm. think he did a great job, as seen by the fact that they were able to make the postseason last year. But I think you bring in a guy that's so widely respected like Justin Verlander, well, considering, 
you bring in a guy like Justin Verlander, and I think that it only further, like I said, it only fur- furthers that no nonsense culture, and I think it it allows the rest of the clubhouse to focus more on what's happening on the field and not get tied up in these gimmicks that have caused them so mm-hmm. many problems over the years. Mm-hmm. And I, I just don't think, I don't think Verlander is going to stand for any of this crap, especially at this stage in his career. He's like, look, I've, he, he probably wants to throw until he's 45, but he's, he's probably realistic enough to think like, look, I, I'm coming down the tail, the tail end here, mm-hmm. the, the home stretch of my career. And I don't have time to be playing games. I don't have time to be making headlines for my team, my organization to be making headlines for the wrong reasons. And I think whether it's, it's Scherzer in his ear about that, whether he was at some point or another talking to, to Buck about this, I'm sure that they were all in agreement that this had to be the the situation moving forward or else I don't I don't know if he would have considered it. I mean sure the money plays a role. It absolutely plays a role. But to some to some degree I think that he has to think that things are going to be changing moving forward. Yeah. And we talked about how the old ball and chain had to get back in the in the limelight a little bit. She's an actress. What are you going to do in Houston? You know what I'm saying? You had to go to New York or LA to get back in into the into the swing of things. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, JV's career is coming to an end. Kate Upton's still cute, man. She could still act. So it's like, go do your thing. We keep focusing on this acting thing. Is she? I I was under the assumption she was predominantly a model. Is she? Does she act as yeah, much? She, um, she was in some movie page made me watch a couple months ago. Yeah, I knew there was like one or two, but I didn't know if yeah. it was like a predominant, like a predominant aspect of her career but anyway yeah i mean yeah. it it it, it worked out for her. it was either yeah. going to be la or new or new york there was yeah. there was no really other option besides those two right yeah had to make sense so and i'm sure the mets aren't done you know what i mean i'm sure they're not done no it sounds like the mets are still in on rodan they're in on possibly bringing bassett back uh, what's that I think guy? I think they're still potentially. Cool. I, I think Nimmo is still in the conversation as well, right? Well, I was just thinking about arms. What's that? Uh, what's that guy? Uh, Kodai. You know who I'm talking about? The guy from overseas. I can never pronounce it. Co- is it Kodai Senga? I think we should just go with Senga. Kodai Senga. Also, didn't we uh, figure out with the Ichiro scenario that they switch their names in Japan? That culture is like where they they put the family name first. Do they? Yeah, so like so Ichiro Suzuki Senga. is actually like Ichiro is like the family name. Yeah. I don't know. That's why he wore each row on the back, too. Also, they never... I don't know if you ever knew this, but they never put Suzuki in in the video games, which I never figured out why. Somebody, If somebody knows the answer to that, that'd be... It's just easy. Ichiro? Yeah. It's like Madonna? Like in the video games. It was just it was just Ichiro. I mean, there may have been a couple that included Suzuki, but like... 
Backyard Baseball, I don't think included it. Uh, I don't know if MVP included it. But there was, a, yeah, there were some that didn't include it. I never understood why. Wild. Anyway, Sanga. Yeah, so the Mets are the Mets are in. They're, I, I think if we've learned anything from Steve Cohen, it's that he's going to take something like this personally. And although he, he wished uh, Jacob DeGrom well, I don't think he, he took very kindly to that. So I think this Verlander move was basically Steve Cohen just saying, all right, let's brush this off and move on, and goes out and gets an ace and has made it clear that they're not they're not done on arms or elsewhere. Like they, I, I think... The Mets are still you're going to you're going to hear the Mets name again before the offseason. Yeah. Over. In a big in a big way. They're in on Wilson Contreras too. They they've openly said that. Talks about bringing Nimmo back. They're they're not done. They're still rolling. And uh they're moving in right field too. So it's like a, it's a lot of exciting stuff going down for Mets. I I know when DeGrom signed like I just saw all over social media like all like the the gifts and memes crying and it's like Mets fans right now I don't know how upset Mets fans really were you know what I mean and yeah DeGrom was great and DeGrom still is great but at the same time you like you I feel like you got to get to this point of like it didn't work with him here so I'm I'm kind of ready to move on yeah, and let's let's transit let's switch gears here and talk about DeGrom. The amount of garbage takes I've seen about Jacob DeGrom leaving. It's mind-blowing. People saying, "Well, he never wanted to be here. He he just all he cared about was the paycheck." Mm. And that he left with no explanation. Mm. Jacob DeGrom wanted to get as far away from this clown organization as possible. Don't even try to tell me that that's all he cared about was money. He stuck around. He was there for these garbage years, Mm -hmm. and then he gets to the postseason, and then you fall flat on your face. Need I remind you, you got swept in the wild card round at home and you didn't even have a sellout crowd the last game. Mm. Yes. So don't even try to sit here and and point fingers at Jacob DeGrom as though this is his fault. I, I don't understand people. I really don't. The fact that Jacob DeGrom gave you the absolute best he could, given the circumstances... And the best thing his offense could do on a nightly basis was a run or two. Like it, it, it got so bad that it became, it became meme culture. Mm-hmm. The fact that Jacob Degrom could get no support, mm-hmm. no support offensively when he would go out there. So don't spare me the he. All he cares about was the money. He was gone from day one. That's garbage. He stuck it out. He said this place is a joke, and I kept seeing people say. Oh, was Scherzer not enough? Was Francisco Lindor not enough? Apparently not. Clearly, clearly not. Clearly not. So if I'm Jacob DeGrom, I'm not wasting a second more of my time here. I'm not wasting a second more of my career in Queens knowing that last year's probably as good as it's going to get. 
Mm-hmm. So I I don't fault Degrom whatsoever. I mean, yeah, I was, I was seeing some comparisons like Tom Seaver being able to spend a uh, a career with a team. Clearly, that wasn't important to him. Maybe getting an opportunity to actually do something come October is more important yeah. to him because he's he's spent enough time there. He's 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 given it his time. Yeah. Yeah, and I it sounded like the length was the the biggest issue, right? I mean, the the length of the contracts cuz what was the official one with the Rangers 4 years, 5 years? 5 years 185. 5 years 185. It wasn't that the Mets lowballed him cuz I think the final offer from the Mets was 3 years 120. So right up there with the AAV, but I think it was the the three years that was just kind of like a slap in the face. You know what I mean? Like, Hey, you know what? I've, I've put my time in with this organization. I've been around through these dog days and I, I'm owed a little bit more trust, right? A little bit more understanding. So I think four years, I predicted four years. I think the fifth year had to be what the Rangers had to do to you know kind of make it make sense for their organization right we we talked about how the rangers they they do have to over overpay a little bit still um because they're not quite there yet you know they're they're close they're putting some pieces together i think they had to overpay for marcus simeon they had to overpay for seager but even then i think seager's bag was pretty much coming from anywhere and they got to overpay a little bit for Degrom, so it's just what you got to do when you're trying to, you know, change the organization. So that fifth year is had to be a kicker. The fact that the Mets didn't even go to four has got to be a pretty big slap in the face to to old Jicky. And look, it, it's it's clear that I'm not a fan of the New York Mets, but I can also understand why they would be hesitant to commit. There's so been long to a guy like Degrom. It's been issues for sure. But on the flip side, I and, and everything that I just said was from the perspective of Jacob Degrom. And to repeat myself, I again I understand why the Mets would be hesitant to commit the same sort of deal. But like you said, if you're the Rangers, that's what you have to do. And if you're Jacob Degrom, if you're any human being in that situation, if if spending your career with one organization isn't all that important, okay, then what's next? Is it is it job security? Is it financial security? Whatever. I mean, Jacob DeGrom doesn't have to worry about job security, but in terms mm-hmm. of like financial security, is is that is that what you want to lock down? Okay. If that's the case, then look for a team that's gonna maybe overspend, maybe a team that's gonna commit to a couple commit to additional years that maybe your your current or your team that you just came from wasn't willing to commit to yeah and make your move and that's what he did and i think you throw in the elements again the the fact that the mets are just the the circus Mm -hmm. getting a little better but still circus Mm -hmm. i i wouldn't want to waste my time i'll say the offers right there there's things brewing there's things cooking in in arlington right now yeah i'll take that opportunity well, I think it's it's the way you look at the organization as well. Like, you know, the the Rangers haven't haven't been trading, right? They still have this this farm system that's that's intact and 
you know, I, I think that's got to be a part of the decision making too. You know, am I going to go to a team that is just going to spend every year and, you know, kind of at that point where, I mean, the, the, the Mets are starting to act like the Dodgers financially. Um, and it just seems like the, the Rangers have this up and coming. I'm catching them on the uphill slope and I'm ready to peak with them, you know, but let's go Rangers. Yeah. Look, I'm, as you can tell by the hat, I, I've had, I've been the biggest Rangers fan since day one. Like you can't tell me otherwise. Like I grew up going to Rangers game as a kid. Like I've got, as you can see here, I just got Ranger stuff all over my walls, all over my shelves. Like, I mean, I, I think I may even move to Texas like next week. The biggest Rangers fan there is. And look, go back to what day was it? Uh, Friday when the deal was announced. December 2nd, 2022, it's announced that Jacob deGrom is signing a five-year, $185 million deal with the Rangers. Quite literally a year to the day. I'm going to find it here. A year to the day, December 2nd, 2021, I said, on this, on this program, I said, there is zero reason as to why the Rangers won't have a return to relevance in the near future with the moves they made. And that was only with Semyon and Seager, mm -hmm. knowing that they were going to continue to spend, because we said that. If you go back and listen, we said that. They said, there's, they're, without a doubt, they're not done. Because mm -hmm. you, don't, you don't commit this much money to just two guys and, and, yeah. then, and, and then brush your hands off and say, yeah. all right, let's see, let's, see how, let's see how it works out. No, you're going to continue to make moves. And Granted, they didn't have the year that I think they were expecting to have or hoping to have. But you say, okay, let's brush that off. Mm -hmm. And we'll and we'll keep making some moves. And they went out and got Jacob DeGrom, which they yeah. needed to do because they needed arms. We talked about that too. Like yeah. John Gray wasn't gonna be wasn't gonna be your fix. Right. Right. Well, um, first off, before anything else. Um, I think we need to acknowledge the fact that you said program instead of program. Um, I don't know what this that's about. This particular program. Mm. I said it. Do you just, are we going like, what's today? A, it's old. It's today, Monday or Monday? Monday. It's Monday. Oh boy. <laughs> it's, mo it's Monday. Program. Program. On this particular program. I hate that. Uh, secondly, can we talk about how, uh, the, the JV signing is the only signing that I've gotten wrong so far in my predictions. Can we, can we acknowledge that? Run us through it real quick. What have you got? You had to Grom to the Rangers. I had to Grom to the Rangers. Rizzo going back to the Yanks. Jose Abreu to the Astros. So I'm, I'm kind of rolling right now. That's all I'm going to say. Kind of rolling. Nate Reyes takes the flop in the postseason predictions, but picks himself back up, brushes maybe himself a, off. Maybe I'm just a GM. You know what I mean? Maybe I just... Well, if that if you are a GM, you maybe need to handle operation. You need to hand over the operations to somebody come October. 
you need to say, I'm I'm gonna go home. You know, that's on on the players. That's on the players. I did everything I'm supposed to do, you know. But I think I think even being around the team You're probably right come October probably wouldn't be the best move given how your your picks went in October. So Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like the way Billy Bean apparently in in Moneyball just didn't even want to go to the ballpark during games. Exactly. Go take a a ride. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Take a drive. Take a drive. I like it. Let's go, Rangers. Let's go Rangers. Uh, adding some info to this deal, uh, this five-year, $185 million deal, it includes a conditional six-year option. That would make it up to $222 million. At his that's age, DeGrom is the second oldest player to receive a $100 million deal. 34, by the way. Hey, look, man. You know who the oldest is to receive a $100 million deal? Scherzer, former teammate Max Scherzer, love it. Um, I think just with where we're at, I'm trying to think of like some other names that the Rangers could go after. They don't seem to be in on Rodon, but I I feel like that would make sense, you know. And I get it, like, yeah, the, the rotation does need a little bit more help. But when you slide guys down a spot, and, like, John Gray is no longer that, you know, the ace. He doesn't have to be the ace. If you can get him to, like, a three or four in the lineup kind of guy, I don't I don't know. why I could see, like, a Jamison Tyone to the Rangers, you know? Where you have some guys that could show out a little bit. You have some guys that are capable of of giving and eating those innings. You give it a year or two, and and Jack Leiter comes up, and now you're starting to build a rotation that can can do some stuff. So yeah, I could see a guy like Tyone having having the Sunny Gray effect, where mm-hmm. you know you get a change of scenery, and then all of a sudden your your lights out. Right. It's possible. I think it could happen. Somebody else, though. They're not done. That's what I do know. They're not done. Offensively, they look good, though. I like everything they're doing. I love the Rangers so much. Me too. Been a fan since day one. Like, ask me any Rangers trivia question, and I'll know the answer to it. Who is your favorite Ranger of all time outside of Nolan? Jacob DeGrom. Oh, perfect. Perfect. Now, my favorite Ranger of all time would probably be... I mean, we got to go with the hometown kid, Brandon Snyder. He had some time. He had some time with the Rangers. See, that's a... That's a that's a deep track. Pick. That's yeah. a deep track that nobody, uh, your your casual Rangers fan isn't going to know. <laughs> but you talking to the number one Rangers fan here, you say, who's your favorite Ranger? You think he's going to, you think your casual is going to pull out a name like Brandon Snyder? He's going to go, I thought that was like a football player for like Iowa or something. Nope. Wrong. I'm pretty sure that is, by the way, if you want to look up Brandon Snyder, I think he was like a cornerback at Iowa or something, but it's. Besides the point, 
I, I can't stress enough how big of a Rangers fan I am. Hmm. I believe you. I know that they play indoors. Hmm. I know they play in Texas. Mm-hmm. And I know they play baseball. So, I mean, again, I, I can't I can't stress it enough. Go Rangers. Texas Rangers. Texas Rangers. I got to be honest with you. When I when I saw you put this story up, I don't know why, but I saw like the the cuz you had it backwards. I think it's that hat that you had backwards and it's just it said Rangers. Yeah. I don't know why in my head I was like, did he like go get like a New York Rangers goodwill hat and just flip it around no no this is try to sell it this is 1000 (laughs) percent authentic from the state of texas from the ballpark in arlington which are which your new your new rangers fans that are just coming out of the woodworks now that degrom's heading down to the, the great state of texas they they don't know what the ballpark in arlington is they're what is that? We play at Globe Life. What is ball? What is the ballpark in Arlington? It's a pretty stupid name, Globe Life. Yeah, it's a terrible name. But your casual's not going to know that. Me, number one fan, knows that. Yeah. If you say so. Again, if if you're listening and you and you doubt, ask me. A, hit me up in the DMs. Ask me a trivia question. I, I'll know it. And if I don't, I'll be able to Google it for you, and I'll I'll get you the answer you need. Got to do what you got to do. Got to do what I got to do. Um, Aaron Judge has to do what he's got to do. And uh, I think that includes seeking out a nine-year deal. The reports are that at this point, it's looking pretty likely that he's going to get that ninth year, which, correct me if I'm wrong, is that what you were saying? I've been saying this since June. Yeah. I've been saying this a long time. That can we can we rename our podcast to been saying it since been dot, saying dot, dot. it been, been saying it been saying it uh yeah dude I mean that's just it it's a fact it's just a fact if he were to lock down a nine year contract he would be thirty nine in that final year as he is thirty makes sense that math adds up yeah. Do you think he gets the nine? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Uh, let me let me ask you this: Do you think at this point in in the race for Judge between the Giants and Yankees, do you still? I, I mean, I know what you want the outcome to be, obviously, but knowing what we know about the Giants at this point, now that we're underway at the winter meetings, do you think what the Giants said? Back when this race started heating up, saying that they would not be outbid, do you think at this point that that still holds up? Yeah. Because with every day, with every day that passes, I think that the pre- the the stove gets cranked up a little more, and I'm just I, I'm genuinely curious if the if the Giants are up to that. Yeah, I think the 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 Giants will will give whatever he wants. It's just looking at what what they have left to do and it's like I, I know everyone's seen the like the projected lineup when you just plug him into the Giants lineup as is they got a lot of work to do 
And I understand that, you know, the, the Yankees let them down offensively for a few months for sure. But I think that they're capable of doing a lot more in the Giants lineup. And I've been saying this over and over again. And Joel Sherman just said it on MLB Network over the weekend. Why would you cut your offensive numbers in half? That's what's going to happen. If you go out there, if you go out to Oracle in San Francisco, your offensive numbers are cut in half. Every home run that you hit to right field in Yankee Stadium is caught 15 feet, 20 feet before the warning track at Oracle. It's just, I understand you have the power to do that, but your numbers are going to get cut in half. Not to mention, I just, I don't see how the Giants are anywhere close to being competitive in that division again anytime soon. They need a lot of work. They need a lot of work. Not saying the Yankees are are going to go win it next year, but I think they do have a better chance than the Giants for years to come. But I've already, I've been saying this. I've been saying this. You don't want to cut your numbers in half. The Yankees are closer. The Yankees will continue to be more in the hunt, more consistently than the Giants. And your legacy is halfway built. Do you really want to go can, start over on the other side of the country? Okay, I'm glad you brought that up. Can you can you re-examine or, or re-explain what you meant by that? Because there was a lot of people in the comments when I put out that quote graphic saying that... I, I think they just simply misunderstood what you were saying because there was a lot of people in the comments saying he's established himself, he'll be just fine. Like, what are you talking about? It's like, no. And I and I understood what you were saying. And again, there's probably a little more context because I was able to hear the full conversation. They're just getting a, a, a singular quote. Mm-hmm. But I'm pretty sure you just meant that he like he can't take his his Yankee status with him. Like, sure, he right. can take his 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 statistics with him. Right. That's how that works. But you can't take that lore with you. Like, you can't just. And that's what I said to somebody in the comments. I said you can't just deconstruct the judges chambers and and ship them out to oracle piece by piece like that right. it's not how that works yeah the legacy is just it's it's what you're able to do in my mind for one team what you're able to build you know and the work's not done i think right now if he leaves the yankees fans decades from now are going to look back and say aaron judge a lot of fun to watch. Grateful for him being a Yankee, but he's not an all-time great Yankee. He's not there yet. He's getting there. He's putting the resume together to be there, but he's not there yet. So what do you want to be? What do you want to be remembered as? What do you want to go down as? Do you want your number retired? Do you want to be in you know Monument Park? For and and hate them or love them, one of the most established sports franchises ever. Players get remembered. People know who Babe Ruth is, even if you didn't play baseball. 
Derek Jeter, Lou Gehrig, Mickey Mantle, these names, you can be put into that category. You're halfway there. I'm saying, do you want to go post 30 years old to a new city and reestablish that? Because the Giants are going to look at you until you're ready to put up an MVP season, until you're ready to potentially bring in a ring. Giants fans are going to look at you as a big percentage of the payroll. And that's it. They're going to love having you there. Hometown kid. Love buying your jersey. But at a certain point, if you don't have that season, if you don't have that year with bringing a ring in, bringing a trophy back to the Bay, Giants fans are going to look at you as a a waste of money. Yankees fans... We already know what they are. We already know who we are. We already know that there's a a batch of Yankees fans that, you know, make every people hate them. Every person hate, you know, hates Yankees fans. And that's just how it goes. But the expectations are there. Your resume's halfway built in a smaller ballpark. And the biggest mar- the biggest market in 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 the country. You know what I mean? So, a a similar, I'm not even going to put them necessarily in the same stratosphere, but you think about a guy like Chris Bryant, Chicago Cubs, Mm -hmm. Wrigley Faithful will forever love Chris Chris Bryant, or at least they Mm -hmm. should. Helped bring him a ring. Made the final throw of the final out to end the curse. Cubs fans love him. Tell me how Rockies fans are feeling about Chris Bryant right now. Right. Tell me that having to reestablish your legacy for a team, tell me how that's not a real thing. Right. Because Because that's an example on a much lesser scale. Right. But you have one bad year, right? You have one injury, injury season. You have one bad year, one down year. And all the fans are going to quickly say, everything you brought happened in New York. It didn't happen here. Your record-breaking home run season, your MVP award, that happened over there. We want, we want the same thing here, and you're not giving it to us. That conversation is 100% going to happen if he does have a down year within these first couple years of the contract. On top of that, it kind of handcuffs that organization to really go out there and add to that lineup. And it's not even just the lineup. Like, the rotation isn't, isn't ready either. They're not a good ball club right now. It's just odd. It's just, it's, it, it would be strange. I said this to Paige in the car. Like, she, she was asking me the other day. She was like, do you really genuinely think he resigns? And I said, yeah, because... You 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 talk about the guy's charm. You know what I'm saying? I've said this before too. Aaron Judge has this charm. There's nobody that really dislikes Aaron Judge. You can hate him because he's a Yankee, but you don't really dislike him. He is in that Derek Jeter category. He is on that path. He's not there with the accolades yet. He's not there with the legacy yet, but he is on that right path of. I don't like your ball club, but I respect you and I respect the way you play. That's there. 
you leave, half this country is going to think of you as a sellout. And it cuts into that charm. It cuts into what is Aaron Judge as a whole. I understand his frustration because Jeter keeps coming into these these interviews and they're like, what about, what do you think of Judge? What do you think of this scenario? And he's like, look, back when I was looking to resign, all I asked, I told the front office, I want to be here. Just don't make this stuff public. Until I sign, don't make it public. And what did the front office do? They made it public and it pissed them off. Same thing's happening again. And I'm not surprised. So I understand the frustration. I understand the flirting with other teams. But are you going to have so many people change their opinion about you and call you a sellout for an extra 15, 20 mil just to go home? You had everything I mean, you we need look, in New York. We look at... Like I was just talking about, some of these takes when Jacob deGrom left, who is a rather, like, from, like, a PR perspective, a rather unpolarizing person. But you got a guy like Aaron Judge, because he's a Yankee, is just by default a polarizing person. If you've got people saying what they're saying about Jacob deGrom being a sellout, I can't even imagine the takes that are going to be fired if Aaron Judge heads out west. And why, why take that on? You know what I'm saying? The only reason he goes out there is to go home and get his bag. Can't tell me that his his mindset is going to shift. He wants a ring, dude. And, and business is unfinished. And he's got people in his ear that came from other organizations saying, look, it doesn't get much better than this. I understand the pressure, but it seems like he holds up to it. I understand the expectations. He's held up to it. Why prove yourself in this market with unfinished business and leave? doesn't make any sense. Get your ninth year. Get your 340, 330 to 340. The Yanks will do it. And it apparently has been stated that Hal Steinbrenner is willing to step in if Cashman can't get this done. That's what I've read. Because the last offer on record from New York was 8-300, correct? Yeah, they keep saying like 280 to 300, somewhere in that range. But I think it's been established that the Yankees have been like, come back to us. Like, go do what you need to do but let us get one more shot before you sign. That's a far cry from the, they, what they offer him at the start of the year. It was like seven to two fifteen, two thirteen, somewhere oh, in there. Low twos. Yeah. Yeah. Low twos. Like what? That's, that's crazy. But I mean, if you look at like the injury history and in, in the years, you kind of, uh, that makes sense. This year that he had is one of the greatest years we've ever seen on the field. No, no. And, and that's what I'm so saying. It's like, like, again, it makes sense. I, yeah. Yeah. And I'm not like at, at the time, I know I maybe had thoughts on it, but looking back, I'm like, I, I get it. If you're the Yankees, yeah. I get it. But again, for judge to go out and do what he did, that just shows you how much of a difference a year 
can make. And it goes to show you that until it happens, until something has been done, you and we talk about this all the time with like trades and with prospects and what could be. It doesn't matter in this sport until it's been done. Like mm-hmm. it does not matter. You're not going to get a bag until you've you've done something that can prove that that can prove that you're capable of doing something in the future. We're not yeah. we're not just going to throw money at you just because of your name. And I get it. Some some teams have to do that. Like we talked about having to outbid other teams to kind of lure you away from your former team. I get that. Yeah. But like at the end of the day, it has to be the the proof has to be in the pudding. Like you, it has to be on paper. It has to be shown that you have done it and can do it. Otherwise, you're out of luck. Right. So again, good for good for Judge on betting on himself. For sure. I think uh I think I'm reading that it's possible like sometime this week we could know. That's what I keep seeing too. Oh man. Brian Reynolds. Once out of Pittsburgh. And I believe I saw that the Pirates could not care less. <laughs> yeah, dude. They said he's yeah. gonna be a part of this train. Whether he we're he's gonna be on this train moving forward, whether or not he wants to or wants to be here or not. He, he's here. I think the asking price has been put out there. I think the pirates put the asking price out there during the season. From what it sounded like, no one was willing to meet it. If you're the pirates, there's always the right price. You know what I mean? Like it it you you don't hold enough leverage. No, I mean to say he's untouchable. No, but I mean when you're when you're the pirates putting him out last year, you're just seeing if you could catch somebody a little little desperate and see, well, yeah. okay, maybe we can maybe we can pull off a heist here because yeah. I mean he he last year he hit two sixty two at twenty seven bombs, uh eight oh seven OPS, one twenty six OPS plus. He's one year moved from being an all star back in twenty twenty one. Um He's gonna he's gonna be a twenty five eighty guy for you, mm-hmm. but the, I think the question is is whether or not he can be a thirty one hundred guy because he hasn't done it yet. But I feel like with the right, it, we just talked about this last episode. We look at guys that come out of Pittsburgh all the time. For some reason, it's almost as if they when they leave Pittsburgh, they unlock some new level of performance <laughs> because we've yeah. seen it. We've seen it with position players with arms. Can a change of scenery potentially unlock that level of Brian Reynolds to where we see him become a thirty one hundred guy? I think so. I think he's. I, I think, think he's a good ball player for sure. I think that's why there's a lot of buzz around him. I, I would guess. Yeah. But there's that hope that exists there that he can become that guy for your organization. Then we talk about like the the value of up the middle, right? Catchers, middle infielders, pitcher center field like you talk about solidifying the middle of your field i think he's a good ball player for sure the only thing i've ever heard around it and again like just because of me being a yankees fan like that's the, the the reports that i'm reading what the pirates were asking for for him was a lot and we're talking like two or three top five prospects from your organization a lot I just don't know if he's there yet. Yeah, I don't know. Again, a 126 OPS plus. Like you can you can piece that together. 
Sure. And most, as most of now, organizations can piece that. Yeah. He, he, like I said, he's shown you that he can be a 25, 80 guy, but are you willing Perennial. to part ways with that? Right. 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 Are you willing to part ways with that kind of ask mm-hmm. on the, the mere hope yeah. that he would turn out to be a 3,100 guy. And it, and I, and I get it because like, I don't, I don't want to sound contradicting here because you and I have talked about like prospects or prospects. They may pan out. You go get the guy. If you can get the guy, I just don't know if Brian Reynolds is that guy. When you look Correct. at top five Correct. prospects in your organization, I think you can go get other guys, other dudes, other studs that are more established than Brian Reynolds. Not saying that Brian Reynolds won't get there eventually. It's just as of right now, I don't see that asking price making sense for a lot of ball clubs. Yeah, I, I think the I think the most recent example of that really showing itself was the Soto mm-hmm. situation. Like yeah. you go get Juan Soto because That's Juan Soto is right. the guy. Right. So but like a, a one-time All Star appearance. Yeah. Like don't. It's yeah. a different story. Don't give me all this about prospects who ha- haven't right. stepped foot on a major league field yet. Like, I, I don't need I'm to saying. hear it. Yeah, top five prospects can go get somebody like that, and it makes sense. But you go for a Brian Reynolds and you give up some guys and and, and it doesn't pan out. Like, that. that's potentially an, an organization, you know, altering move that would come back to bite you. So... Just in like the Yankees, because I that's just immediately again like who the interest is. They were interested last year. It sparked up conversation again already. The last thing I heard was that it was Volpe and and Jason Dominguez, and I'm like, no. I I get that they're prospects and they haven't proven anything yet, but it's show it's shown that their value can go get you something better. So don't do that. Yeah. Exactly. Either one of them. You want three top tens? Fine. But I'm not giving you two top fives. Here's a question I've never asked you before. It just came to my mind. If you were if you were a baseball executive in terms of their style, who do you think you would model yourself after? Because I feel like a guy like myself, who's made it clear that I could not care less about prospects, I understand that there's value and you have to you have to have people in the hopper to to make your mm-hmm. set to make your organization go but when it comes to going out and getting the guy prospects mean nothing to me what do you mm-hmm. want for as long as it's reasonable within reason and as long as i feel like i'm getting a good value in this deal give me your guy and you can have my my prospects i don't care yeah. i feel like i'd be like a david dombrowski kind of guy but i'm curious just, if you've ever thought about who you would burn through the bank account yeah, right. Like, just burn all assets. Burn yeah. the farm. I don't care. Burn it down. I don't know. I I kind of I I I have no idea. I mean, it, before the last few years, I would have said Cashman, but now it's just like I I don't know. I think it's. I mean, San Diego is just a a completely different. Preller is just like. I I don't even think anyone in their lineup potentially on opening day was from their organization. They traded for everybody. So I think that's like one end of the spectrum. I'd like to think I'm closer to like the Anthopolis 
type thing where like you you just you develop this talent you recognize the talent early you give them a a better bag than what they're gonna get in arbitration but not a bag that breaks the bank i feel like anthopolis would be my route but it comes down you got to get lucky right like you you got to have the development you got to have the scouting you got to have the coaching at those levels and you can't say that every organization has that you know so it's like everything is is right in atlanta but it it doesn't that's not something that's just easily copied elsewhere, replicated elsewhere. Uh, Sean, speaking of the Braves, for some reason we're reported to be in on Sean Murphy. That has since changed, it sounds like. Uh, not exactly sure. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know why. Don't ask me. I, I don't have the answer to that question. Uh, but it did, it did sound like the A's were nearing a trade, and it sounds like it's still, still imminent. But that it may be, uh, Mark Feinstein said it may be with possibly the Cardinals, Rays, Guardians, or Red Sox, who are all among the interested teams. All make way more sense than the Braves. Without a doubt. Yeah. Without In, a doubt. Unless there's something about little Willie Contreras that uh, we're not knowing defensively. I think the offense is there, but I don't know how they view him defensively. Darno is is reaching the end, reaching the end soon. And yeah, no, I think I, I don't know much about the Reese McGuire kid that the Sox got last year. Is he an everyday guy or? Uh, I mean, that's not the the horse I'd want to hitch my wagon to. Uh, yeah. You got Connor Wong. I would love a guy like Sean Murphy or yeah. really anybody that's that's more established in that regard. But mm-hmm. I mean, the, that's not our most pressing need right now. But all that to say, I would love a guy like Sean Murphy. Yeah, yeah. Guardians, uh, Hedges is a free agent. So that makes sense to me just with the the youth, the the talent on that roster, the rotation at all makes sense to me for, for Cleveland. What was the other? Cardinals and Rays. I don't understand the Rays. I never have, never will. So I can't really comment on them. Uh, Cardinals, duh. You know, like you got to go find a win now catcher. There's not too many of those out there. So I like that too. It's going to be weird seeing Wayno throw to a, I know. throw to somebody else. Super right-handed heavy though. In the Cardinals lineup, you know? Yeah. Especially with pop. Did you say pop? Pop. Like, like bubblegum? Pop. Big League Chew, founded by former left-handed pitcher Rob Nelson. Big League Chew started from humble beginnings in the Portland Mavericks bullpen in 1977. For more than 40 years, the iconic pouch is packed with shredded, flavorful bubblegum has become the number one gum of athletes everywhere. Big League Chew has sold more than 900 million pouches and is designated as the Hall of Fame bubblegum. Grab some gum, head to Big League Chew's social media channels at Big League Chew on Twitter, at Big League Chew Gum on Instagram to show off your Big League bubbles. You can also find a list List. of retailers or purchase any of their products directly from their website at BigLeagueChew.com. Big League Chew. Don't forget, they're also on TikTok. TikTok. I love Big League Chew so much, dude. I need to, in fact, I need to go over, I might go over this week and see if they've, uh, They've stocked up on the hot chocolate because I missed out last year because you there was know such a, a rush a, for it. Excellent. 
excellent take there. I think we I'm need to get, get that, and that. Yeah. we need to we need to have like a little review segment for that. Because yeah. I have speaking yet to have of which, it. speaking of which, on hot chocolate, I know you don't drink, so this won't have much value to you. But I did discover something that I'd like to just make public for everyone to know. I might be able to share this with Meredith. She may appreciate this. Screwball. Have you ever heard of Screwball? Yeah. It is. It is a peanut butter whiskey. Yeah. I like whiskey. I don't love screwball just because like, you know, peanut butter, I kind of get burnt out on it, but hot chocolate splash of the screwball. It's like you're drinking a Reese's Reese's peanut butter cup. I'm telling you right now, it's phenomenal. That's fantastic. Was that a, yeah. was that an experiment this weekend? It was not this weekend. I've been wanting to say this for a while. I'll just keep forgetting that was back when uh when we rented that tiny home up in Flagstaff uh, and I discovered that it's delicious highly recommended anyway what were we talking about sounds delicious uh big league chew oh. and bubblegum and hot chocolate and how there we, we try the try that flavor cuz cuz you haven't had it right i have not yeah i need to we need to get yeah. on that um I had a note here to mention, I mean, we got Clayton Kershaw making that one-year deal official, I guess, today. Uh, so that's in the books. 20 mil. Legacy. Kershaw, yeah. Are you Don't about go legacy? elsewhere. You have to, you, that legacy that you establish with one team does not transfer. Unless it's the Mets. You get away from the Mets as, as quickly Fair. as you can. Valid. Jake DeGrom. Clearly, he listens to the pod because I said on this particular program, I said, Oh, boy. I said, look, get away from that team as fast as you can. You don't owe that team anything. And people are saying, what are you talking about? We've given him all the, all everything that he needs. We've surrounded him with a team. You surrounded with a team that didn't give him any run support. That's, mm-hmm. that's the reality of it. Okay. And you get, you surrounded him with a team that wasn't capable of carrying him beyond the wild card round. And he didn't keep him healthy. Yeah. Yeah. No. So, so I don't need any of that. Uh, Kyle Gibson, one-year contract with the Orioles. Um, I'll be honest with you. I'm I, I'm hoping for a little more from the Orioles in it's the, coming. the starting it's coming. pitching I, department. I can sense it. It's coming. I think it, I'm not I'm not throwing in the towel on the O's yet, but like I I hope that this isn't just another year of signing some. They need they, some, it's yeah. They're there, dude. Like they're ready to go. Yeah. Get get some hype around this this organization, like. Your lineup's ready to go. Let's build it up. Get them hyped. Let's yeah. run it. Yeah. Danzy Swanson, go. Right now. Exactly. Or Xander. Stop. <clears throat> Stop. Stop saying that. Stop using Dansby. those words. Dansby. Dansby. Yeah. No. Trey Turner. We've talked about this. Trey Turner to the Phillies. No. Trey Turner to the O's. I'm holding out. I'm holding out the Trey Turner deals. When Trey Turner gets that, when you get that alert on your phone, Correa, I better be the first person you contact. Correa and that goes for the, the listeners. Then? Maybe. They're getting one of the two. Yeah. Trey to the O's. Trey, Trey to the O's is going to throw the throw a whole wrench in the end of the thing. Yeah. Because we've already talked about how the Dodgers are going to have the, – they don't have a choice but to get a premier shortstop. They're not settling for Joe Blow. Oh, Correa would make sense there too. Yeah. So when when Trey when you get that alert, Trey to the O's, 
think that was my prediction. Reach out to your friend Kyle. Um, Chris Martin, two-year, $17.5 million deal with the Red Sox, 36 years old, uh, finished last year in L.A. He, he was acquired midseason from the Cubs, finished last season with L.A. with a 1.46 ERA over 20, 24 and two-thirds innings. Uh, it's it's good. I'm not jumping over the moon about it, but, I mean, this this better just be one of many moves. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. all I'll say on that matter. Uh, there may be one or two other that I'm missing in terms of moves, but the only other big news is uh, Fred McGriff voted in on the contemporary baseball era ballots. Voted in unanimously by the panel. I'm just, I'm bummed that Donnie Mattingly did not get in there. I'm bummed that Dale Murphy did not get in there. Yep. Those are two names that should have gone with, with Freddie. The old, the also, other, this is all, I mean, this, I don't understand this committee at all. Like, and it's, it's weird that no one really knows. I told you I was watching MLB network the other day. Joel Sherman was like, I don't know how this committee came about. I don't know how you establish these names. I don't know how you chose former players. No one knows how this is happening, but that's 16 guys. And we could say all we want about writers. There's almost 400 of them. So eventually, eventually you're going to get the right answer. 16 guys. There's a lot of pressure on, on a limited amount of guys. Two of whom, former Fred Rumigriff teammates. So, conspiracy, maybe. I mean, to be fair, we had been clamoring for players to have a have a, a role Absolutely. in this. Absolutely. I it's do just feel odd, like, like... I don't know how that's happening. Like What the selection process is. Yeah. yeah. Like, how, how you get in there. Um why the panel is so small mm-hmm. considering the writers. I don't know, but uh five-time all-star three-time silver slugger played 19 years in the big, in the big leagues finished with a 284, 377, 509 slash and hit 493 home runs. Yes. That's all. Say what you right. will. It, you get, I shouldn't have taken this long. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you push 500 home runs. Yeah, that's absurd. Yeah, you're to me. You're in. Shouldn't have taken this long. I I feel like 400 is kind of an automatic bid, as long as you stayed clean. Once you get over 400, yeah, yeah. the clean is obviously a, a different. Yeah, that, that's a huge factor there. But I'm yeah. saying you 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 push 500 the right way. Yeah, it seems like a shoe in to me. Uh, that's just me. Yeah. Uh. All right. That wraps it up. It is time for. The latest draft, we are doing MLB stadiums today. Love it. And uh, as as I kind of expected after I put the, the clip together, I, I thought Nate would run away with it, and he did. Yeah. Uh, what was it? It was ballpark foods, right? Yeah. <clears throat> Last do, week. Do we have that overall percentage? Uh, let me see if I can pull it up here. I feel like it was ugly. I think it's in the archives. Let me check. 
I think it was yeah, ugly. We don't, we don't need to talk about the details. All right, it was it's quite a gap. It was sixty four percent Nate, thirty six percent Kyle. So better than I thought. I thought I was in the seventies. Yeah, I, I thought you were too. It yeah. may have dipped. It may have that's dipped. A little, that's a little closer. It's a little closer. For transparency purposes, I voted for you in that poll because I was like, you know, looking at this list, I'm like, nice. I, I can't in good conscience vote against. Yeah, that. yeah, I appreciate that. So with that said, you get the first. You get the first pick here. <sighs> so we're we're going MLB stadiums nate with the first pick i've told you my style i told you how i draft you gotta get the best overall add it to the roster and just a nice little stab in the side don't you say it don't fenway you say it. get out of here gimme gimme fenway park as my numero uno draft pick. How's it feel to lose that? You thought that was a guaranteed pick on your roster, didn't you? I absolutely did. I'm not, I'm, you know, this is not just a hat rack, my friend. Not just a pretty face. Well, that said, I'm going Yankee State. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> number one overall pick. This one was tough for me, and I'm. I feel like I'm. No, you know what? I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna let on to my my approach here because I don't want to let you play any games here. Yeah. You know what? Number one overall for me. I'm gonna have to go Coors Field. Oh, it's done. It's no, over. It's, not. it's over. I literally can I, won. Can I take a mulligan? <laughs> <laughs> on your first overall pick, you gave me a mully on the fifth. I pick. gave you two mulligans on, on your the fifth. Fifth. Yeah, but I gave you two mulligans. That's outrageous. The fact that I gave you even a, a single mulligan to oh. begin with. That's outrageous. <sighs> now it's fine. Take Coors Field number one. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh I I feel bad. I feel <laughs> I don't even this is I think it's gonna be a landslide. Do you want that Molly? I don't want the Molly. Take it. I, I'm gonna bounce back. I'll bounce right. back. Don't worry. All right. Wrigley, pick number two. That's atrocious. No, we're back in this immediately. I did not think that's where you're going. I mm -hmm. did not think that's where you're going. That's mm -hmm. that's atrocious number two. No, it's that's, not. No, it's not. I've got this. I've got it. No, I'm that's... good. I've, I'm good. Number two overall, I'm taking Camden Yards. Thank you. Thank you for that gimme. Thank that's you. Fine. That was on the list, too. It was on the list, too. It better be on the list. Yeah. Having well, to create a list of 10 parks, I would hope Camden Yards is on your top 10. Well, you know, I got you again here. Got you again. Third overall pick, PNC. That's fine. I knew you were going. That's it's the most predictable pick of the draft. That's fine. Oh, besides Fenway, this this is literally uh, it's getting ugly. No Wrigley, no. I'm sorry, Wrigley too. That's not that's that's too controversial of a pick at number two. No way to you it's for you. Too it absolutely iconic. Is. Too no, iconic. No, 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 no. Way it's too, too iconic. It's too controversial or 
polarizing, I should say. It's too polarizing of a pick at number two to say that you've locked it up at number two. Oh, I've locked it up. If you came in at like oh, four or five and somehow Wrigley slipped to four or five, that's a that's a lock it for you. It brings a but ridiculous two? ridiculous amount of value. Ridiculous amount of value. That's a waste of a number two slot to me. Well, the people will tell us. Uh number You're third. Where are we at? Number three. I'm going Oracle Park. Ah, I thought I was gonna get that from you. I thought I was gonna get that from you. It was a great Base- pick. Baseball by the bay. I mean, that's a that's a beautiful ballpark. Even if you don't, even if you haven't been there, it's just just the pictures alone. It's a great. It's incredible. That's incredible. That's that that is a value pick right there. That's a great. You can talk to me about Wrigley at two all you want, but Oracle Park at three. Thank you. Look, let's just say if they change the name, it can't be valued over the others that have never changed. That's a great take. That's a great take. Ah, number four. Pick number four. Give me Petco. Ah, okay. Yeah, San Diego. Let's go. Let me hear you fry. Fry Town. The old Friars. This is this is getting ugly at this point. It's really not. It's going to be closer than you think. Oh, uh, you know what? I'm a actually no. I'll save it to the end. I'll save it to the end. Remind me to ask what I think the poll will be. Okay. Or what you think the poll will be? Number four. If you take out the if you take out the fans fighting each other, I feel like this is not a terrible pick at four. I'm going Dodger Stadium. And I'm thinking, mm. you're talking iconic for Wrigley. You're talking iconic for Fenway, Dodger Stadium. Although not as old, not as nearly as old as those parks. You're mm. still talking iconic. I mean, yeah. yeah. And I think to establish this is just current ballparks. I think we have to make that known in case Correct. anybody wants to come in here with. What about Ebbets Field? No. Stop. <laughs> no. No, no, no. Relax. There will be no Ebbets Field on this on this <laughs> program. Oh, he dropped it again. Last pick of the draft. And um it's it's solid again. I, I feel really good. I already feel really good. Just say it. Just say it. Gimme Bush. Wow. Okay. That's not, yeah. I didn't think you're going that way. That's fine. That's fine. I like to think that my, my fifth overall is, has the edge here, but I'm going T-Mobile park. That's a beautiful ballpark. That is, that's solid. a beautiful ballpark. I gotta be honest that that slipped through the cracks up top. It did. I thought that's what you're going. And I thought if you snagged that, okay, it's, we can, we can close the books on this one. Yeah. But, it's. I think. I think we're we're gonna have a little bit of a, a battle here. I, I really do. You, what you do you think? It up. You picked it up. What do you think the breakdown's gonna be percentage wise? Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with with sixty one percent my way. So less of a landslide than the ballpark food, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. still. In that landslide yeah. arena. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. Do you have an honorable mention? Honorable mention. 
Trying to think. What are some ones that we're missing? I mean, uh, just all all hatred and bias aside. I mean, Minute Maid is sick. Minute Maid is yeah. a, is a yeah. sick ballpark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Minute Maid for sure. Honorable it's, mention worthy. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a dope ballpark. I've heard mixed reviews on Truist Park. I'm not saying they necessarily belong in this conversation, but in just thinking of potential honorable mentions, I've heard a lot of mixed reviews on Truist Park. I'm a fan. I I I'm a I'm a sucker for the landscape of the city yeah. being visible from yeah. from your seat from the field. I'm a sucker for that. So So uh, they have that there. They have that. Yeah. Cuz how far that. are they from the actual city? They're in it. Smack smack in it. No, because I thought that they were out in the suburbs to avoid being in the city. Not, not really. I don't think so. I don't know. I don't know Atlanta that well, but I thought they were like the a, maps. I thought they were a ways out there, but I may be wrong here. I'm not. I mean, I'm technically, in, technically, it's it's still Atlanta. Technically, when you type it in, oh no, it says Cobb County. My bad. Maybe I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Oh, it's pretty far out. You're yeah, right. It's yeah, it's like way out there. Wow. So I have no idea what I was talking about. Obviously You must be seeing something though. Like obviously consumed a, a little bit too much adult beverage when I was there. I mean, can uh, you see Atlanta from that far out? I don't I don't know. I'm not from your seats? No. No, not from your seats. They do have some tall buildings right there in the backdrop, though. And maybe that's what you thought the city of Atlanta was. I don't know. But either maybe, way, uh, maybe potentially in there as an honorable uh, mention. I don't know. What pick in your mind you feel like gets you the W? Camden? Camden at two. Yeah. Camden I was going, I was going, I was going to go Camden. Actually, no. With uh, three. Cam- Camden, Camden at two, that's. That's predictable. That's going to be a common a common spot. But I think, I think, getting Oracle at three, letting it slide six picks. I think that's like six overall picks. That's pretty solid. Ah, yeah. I don't know. PNC just you can't not go there. You can't not grab that. I was surprised to see it slide to three. Well, it goes back to you having the first pick because that was. I feel great. That would have been my pick had I had the third. I feel great. I don't know if we can keep this up because me getting the the first pick over and over again, it's eventually going to get. I'm pretty sure this was your first your first time getting the first pick of many. First of that's that's fine. Yeah, it's going to be a long streak. We'll see how that goes. Clearly, we've shown that we can flip flop here. Like it can, it the the tide can be turned here. Because you you, t- you definitely coughed up the first pick last time. Yeah, Chicken the, tendies is a is a solid pick, but it's not what the people. To be are fair, expecting. I had multiple people reach out saying that's a great pick at one. So again, it was a content. And I said that before we even started the draft. I said I'm gonna upset a lot of people here with this pick, which I did. But it's so polarizing that the passion. The people that are so pro chicken tendies at one, I was hoping that that weight would carry me, but it didn't. Here's here's something to make you feel they're, a little bit better. I wasn't the even going to choose course. The, 
that you went with them number one overall, <laughs> I didn't even have them on my list. They're they're the silent majority. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> the pro chicken tendies move right by that. Yeah, this is <laughs> the silent majority. That's what we're working with, and they just weren't vocal enough for me. So I yeah. they, I got handed the L. That's how it, that that's how it goes. You got you got to have the vocal people on your side. It is what it is. I'm hoping I'm hoping the the right voices will step up this time around, because I I can't be losing to a guy that picks Wrigley Wrigley at two. It's just too much of a staple. Too much of a staple. People ask me. They say like, when people find out that I'm a big baseball guy, they're like, "Oh my god! Like, have you been to like Fenway? Been to Wrigley? Obviously, been to Fenway. Wrigley, on the other hand, I tell them, I'm like, I." I'll go eventually, I'm sure, but it's just, it's not a pressing matter to me. Like I, I'm just like it's a ridiculous take. I I know, I know it's ridiculous as like a baseball person, but as like there's just something about it where I'm like, Ugh. I wish that I could run full speed into that brick wall with Ivy. I wish, just once, if you could get concussed at Wrigley. There's not much le- else left. I mean, that's on a that once in a list. lifetime opportunity. We'll make it happen. Potentially could be the end of your life opportunity, but we'll make it happen. An opportunity nonetheless. Mm-hmm. I'll get there eventually, I'm sure. Isn't it the same company that, that designed Camden? Pretty sure it's the same architecture company. I mean, I think at that point it was just like an architect, not a company. I might be wrong though. We're, I mean, we're talking just one solo guy. Early 1900s. I here. got this. <laughs> this one's I, on I me, know. fellas. I got this. I don't know. Step aside. That's all I got. Someone's going to sign in minutes. I just have minutes. a feeling. Yeah. You're going to get another one today. So, I believe whatever. It. Whatever. I'm over it. Thanks for the dub. Much appreciated. Whatever. <laughs> Let's go, Rangers. Don't go chasing curveballs. We love y'all, and as always, looking forward to talking more baseball with you guys soon. Until next time, stay filthy.